Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gaffin Shaw. Today, I'm joined by Knicks beat reporter Chris Persiani to tell you why Joel Embiid may be a name to continue to watch for the New York Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, guys? You are Locked On Knicks, and I wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. We are now available on all platforms, each and every one of them. So if you want to become an everyday or be sure to subscribe on YouTube, hit that notifications bell to ensure that you never miss an episode and be sure to do the same on your favorite audio podcast platform of choice. Uh, but who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw. I've covered the NBA for eight years now, and I'm also a play-by-play broadcaster. In fact, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And today I'm joined by Chris Percy Iden, who has covered the New York Knicks as a beat reporter for the past four years. Um, fantastic guy to get to talk to. Um, if you missed part one, this is the second of two bonus episodes we are putting out this weekend, talking to Chris about an article he put out on the legacy of the OG Ananobi, Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett trade. But in this one, we go a little bit deeper and we talk about, all right, like what, why make this move now? What are the implications for this move? What does it mean for the Knicks' pursuit of of, of the big fish, the the, the big whale, maybe? Uh, someone like, uh, I don't know, Joel Embiid, um, and why the vibes are oh so good for the rest of the season. And Knicks fans have a lot of reason for optimism. We get into all that right now. Again, important caveat for this one recorded on Thursday at the tail end of the Knicks. Five-game winning streak, so that is why we do not talk about the loss to the Dallas Mavericks. I, I don't think it changes too much, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up. So without further ado, let's get into it right now with Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I think the important thing to remember is that they just extended Deuce McBride. I call it a three-year, $13 million one-way ticket out of town. Um, it's just, it's you know, the reality of the business is when you sign an extension like that with the Knicks, they're probably going to include you in, in a deal soon. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell Robinson's deal is also one that I have my eye on. Like, I know Begley's been reporting, like, teams are low-key interested, but the Knicks aren't really feeling it out yet. Like, they don't want to do anything. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Robinson has moved in the offseason, but not because the Knicks aren't high on him because they're upgrading at center. Um, the, the, as for where the Knicks are now, I think that's just it. I think they're willing to wait for the offseason. I don't think they see this year as the be-all, end-all year at all. They, they're nowhere close to it. Um, they've been so, so diligent about not trading their own first-round picks and triggering the Stepien rule. Uh, cause you know, when you trade one first round pick, you're trading two years of draft control, pretty much trade two first round picks, you're trading three, four years of draft control. And so, um, that's why they've acquired first round picks from other teams to use when they need first round picks, when they need little sweeteners and deals, um, cause they don't want to be left in a scenario like a, like a team, like phoenix like you said right now when when's their next pick 2031 i'll, I'll like have about that man i'm, I'm 21 <laughs> years old i'm gonna like have kids when they make yeah. a draft pick next. so they'll, they'll, they'll be in college um <laughs> good god but um i hope not but basically <laughs> like the knicks are really good right now and i think they're okay being really good right now i think they're okay not being elite i think they're okay not being the class of the east the class of the league uh, uh it's it's the celtics it's the Bucks and it's the Knicks. Like, I think they're okay if Philly beats them in a series. They'll survive. They're trying to go get their guy anyway. Um, it's just like this this is a front office that has long operated in crawl mode and is now slowly starting sorting sl slowly starting to stand up 
but isn't sprinting yet. They're just standing up. They're letting everyone know, like, hey, like we're looking now. We're 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 up. We're awake. We're ready. Hold, hide your stars. You know, hide hide your stars. <laughs> hide your GMs. We're coming for all of them. Um, like that type of vibe. They sat courtside at Jalen Brunson versus Donovan Mitchell. They attended Joel Embiid's wedding last offseason. Like those those things are not them being cute. That's not like Uncle Leon and Uncle West supporting an old client. That is like we're being very loud that we want you because we want everyone to know it. And that, I don't know. Nick fans have been asking for that kind of star um, talent for a while, but it, like Steve Mills wanted Katie and Kyrie to sign up to play on, on a team that was just led by Michael Beasley. Like the, it, there was no infrastructure. And so those guys, regardless of how they're, tenure went there went to the team with infrastructure and that's the thing is the knicks have been looking to build a team where they can plug in stars i think you look at their team now what they did in terms of turning quickly and barrett's usage into ananobi and his off ball stuff like someone like joel Embiid fits right into what the knicks are doing look at hartenstein and how he's been getting more involved because he can pass that could be Embiid in the offense and also scoring 25 points a game you take a look at swapping out a randall for a booker down the line that's a move that but you can sell booker on hey you're gonna get all his shots you're not just here and you don't have to just fight for the like they are trying to build a framework that they can look at stars that they used to represent and be like hey we know you you know us you know we're gonna run the team well you don't have to worry about that they also all the stars mitchell and beat everyone was like oh leon's gonna kill it when he got hired um we just want you to come take these 19 shots a game for us. And they're going to be like, okay, you know, that that's the difference. And and I think that that is, is the real calculation with how good the Knicks are right now is that they have all their picks that they're not in any rush. So they, they know they're good, but it's all house money. Last year was all house money. Like this, this to them is all how any winning, any one playoff series is house money. Like there's no expectations yet. And the, the media still says Brunson's not good enough to be a number one option. Okay. So if they lose in the second round, no one should hate on them, right? Because you all said he wasn't good enough to be a number one option. Now they'll go get a, a like a, a name brand star. Um, I just think this is like how it was always going to go. And they're now at the point where they're starting to stand up from crawl mode. Um, but they haven't changed their course at all. This is the path yeah. they've always wanted to sail. I, I guess that being said, if they go... And I mean, to me, that would make it less likely they go for someone like a DeJounte Murray or DeMar DeRozan or or even like aiming a little higher, like a Donovan Mitchell, just to your point, maybe maybe they have even bigger names in mind than him. But let's just say they do go the Brogdon route. Like, like this is, I guess this is what I've been battering like back and forth in my mind, like the last week or so. Like, does that, does that change like their ultimate outcome? Like they'd clearly be a better team with Malcolm Brogdon playing Deuce McBride's minutes and whatever, like five of DiVincenzo's and four of Quinn Grimes, like uh, undeniably, because he's, he's a really good player, like right, rightfully, wrongfully won six man of the year over Emmanuel quickly a season ago. And yet like you get to the second round, like is, is he the difference between beating the heat or beating the Sixers? You, you somehow get out of that series and, and that's amazing. But is he the difference against the Boston Celtics? Like, and I would say probably not, but I do wonder if getting someone like him is is kind of like buying a lottery ticket. And so I always said in the NBA, like you never know how small your window is. And I think the Knicks are going to want a more meaningful sample size of just how good they are. And my gut instinct is, like I, I said it before, but like they're not they're not quite as good as what they're showing now. And there will be teams that can punish the fact that they're not able to score for six, seven, eight minutes at a time. And I think literally just adding one guy like a Brogdon would go 
a long way towards changing that. And I do wonder if that's almost buying a lottery ticket at contention this year. And like, does that mean they'd have like a literally like a one in a hundred, a one in one right. shot at a title instead of a one in 400 shot at a title? Like maybe, but maybe that's worth it. Especially like, again, with Brogdon being under contract for two years, you're like, all right, we'll give up like the bucks pick. And like, I think that was the trade Jeremy put out there, like the bucks pick Malachi Flynn and um, Evan Fournier. Um, when you, and, yeah. And like we can, you yeah, can and we can Flynn use Brogdon and... as like an equivalent asset to that in a future star trade. Maybe the salary slot's even even more valuable than that. Who knows? Um, so in that sense, like it, it's maybe a no loss proposition. But I'm wondering like how much they're thinking is like, are we good enough to like push in the chips just like a tiny bit, just almost for fun to see like, all right, is this like could this get us to Game Seven tie game with three minutes left against the Miami Heat when otherwise we'd lose in five or six? I, I think. If they're going to trade for Joel Embiid this summer, they need a $22 million salary. That's mm-hmm. just the reality. That's the Jeremy reality of the situation is that um, no matter how oh, good Deuce we, McBride is. Living in Jeremy reality. I'm no, not, just not good enough at math to make it there. But sorry, Chris. Go no, no matter how good Deuce McBride is, I think they pick up Brogdon or someone like him. And the reason is mm-hmm. because um, it, it all works out. And, and why, why do I say that? Well, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, he starts in in Portland, but he came off the bench recently, weirdly. And and I, I had heard that when he was in Boston, he wasn't thrilled about the fact that he wasn't starting. So, you know, mm-hmm. for all the six man of the year talk, he was almost like, yeah, I better get that award. Like, I, I should be starting. Um, and I, I just think for Brogdon, you can sell him on half a season of coming off the bench and being the sixth man of the year for the Knicks. And then getting to go to Philadelphia and start next to clutch client, fellow clutch client, Tyrese Maxey, um, or go to Cleveland and play with fellow clutch client, Darius Garland. Um, I just think that that is the, that could be the sell like, Hey, we're going to bring you off the bench. You know that, but we're going to send you somewhere you could start right as soon as the season ends. Uh, And if not, then maybe we'll start you here, but hopefully you're gone. <laughs> um, and, and I think that might kind of be it with Brogdon. Like I, I'm of the opinion that they're going to give Deuce McBride a couple more weeks before making a Brogdon deal. If anything, just to show Portland, they're not desperate. All right, guys, we'll be back with Chris in just a sec to tell you why you should be optimistic about the rest of the next season and some names they could potentially be in on. But before we do that, um, I got to tell you about our good friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I'm looking and I see it's two former Knicks on this list, both Emmanuel Quickly and a current Nick in Dante DiVincenzo. I'm going to go with Dante DiVincenzo because there are minutes available in New York and Dante DiVincenzo has taken advantage of them, uh, hitting five three-pointers in the New York Knicks last game against the Dallas Mavericks. But that isn't out of the ordinary for Dante. He is legitimately one of the best shooters in basketball, hitting over 45% of his shots from deep this year. Um, I think things are only going to go up for Dante. I have a feeling at some point the Knicks are ultimately going to try him as the backup point guard. And if they do that, the sky's the limit. The points, rebounds, steals, assists are all going to go up. And he's already providing elite value as a three-point marksman. So be sure to pick up Dante DiVincenzo in your fantasy league. 
Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And the same is true with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And today's episode is also brought to you by PrizePix. Well, what is PrizePix? PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America, where the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six players' stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of player and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can help lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts like player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. But guys, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Here's my favorite feature from Prize Picks Prize Picks has a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. So let's just say you're, you're, you're putting um, you're, you're interested in today's Kansas City Chiefs game, and you put the over on Travis Kelsey receptions at 6.5, and he gets hurt in the first half and does not return the second, you can have him rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Seriously, that alone is why you should pick them over anyone else. So go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepix daily fantasy sports made easy. But Portland, hopefully for the Nick faithful and for the Knicks front office, doesn't listen to Jeremy and I, because if Portland does know that the Knicks really need that Brogdon salary to send it out for a star, then they might hold Brogdon a little bit hostage. <laughs> the thing is just that he's under contract for next season. Um, and that's, what's valuable to the Knicks because he's under contract in an amount that works perfectly to flip alongside a McBride and a Robinson or a Grimes and a Robinson for someone like Joel Embiid. And that's just mm-hmm. what the reason I keep going to Joel Embiid is because it's just so easy to use him as an example. Like, uh, yeah, gonna- <laughs> I, I, and I had heard last off season that he, looked upon the Knicks favorably as a a maybe not a place where James Harden doesn't play and Daryl Morey doesn't like I'm not sure he's in love with the Morey Harden like how that all went down I'm not sure he was even super excited to be in Philadelphia this year and I do know he looked at New York favorably last offseason um didn't request a trade as we all know but he looked at New York favorably and that yeah. is enough for the Knicks to be like hey we used to represent you we know you we're gonna come we're gonna come get you out of there you know and uh um it's all about fitting those puzzle pieces in so that the car can get out you know and and yeah. uh OG is is an on-court puzzle piece Brogdon's salary would be an off-court puzzle piece I've just I've been saying since 2020 their top two guys are Embiid and Booker and then Mitchell's number three. And like, that's still the case today. Giannis snuck on the list as number one for a little bit. And then, you know, they got Dame and that was over. Um, I, so do you, do you think that's over? Because I think I it's over. I think it's okay. over. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, go ahead. 
they're, they're good with yeah they'll be they're gonna stay they'll be all right that'll settle itself out that rookie head coach was never a good idea they'll, they'll figure it out um but with the knicks it's like everything just lines up towards getting Embiid, extending randall swapping randall for booker down the line it just it it adds up too nicely and so it's not like i'm gonna be disappointed that my predictions don't come true if that doesn't happen it's just it's a future path to look at to try and make sense of their moves now. Because if I can try and think about, oh, well, they're trying to lead up to this, that's how I even figured out. Like, I, Malcolm Brogdon was a random name. I was just looking through clutch clients that were under contract for next season that played guard that would be willing to come off the bench that are that made about 22 million next season. Brogdon came right up and I was like, oh, okay. So I poked around and a source was like, yeah, no, like they've called Portland about him. And I was like, oh, and then someone else was like, no, yeah, uh, the Knicks in Orlando have been in like really good touch about Brogdon. I was like, oh, like it's just that's just I had like my Jeremy Cohen moment where like I kind of figured out on my own who they'd be targeting and then confirmed it with sources. And it's just like, okay, cool. But now because I have their hypothetical destination in mind, I kind of it's easier for me to make a, a road out of it that makes sense so that's why i just keep throwing names out there like Embiid and booker because um we know that's who they're trying to build towards and we know that they're good enough where if they don't get the guy it's not a lost cause everything isn't going to crap you know it's not we're not left with um the the that team that, that the knicks had the year after they missed out with the, uh, you know all the power forward memes and everything like yeah. that's not a reality because the team is really good right now yeah i i mean keep Pompey, who covers the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer, locked on Sixers guy, friend of the pod. Like he's come on a few times and like basically said as much in regard to Embiid that like part of him like really wants to end up in New York. And if it's not going to be Philly, it's going to be New York. And I, I, my curiosity is like, all right, like how bad do, like, does that mean they have to lose in the first round? Does that mean they have to lose the competitive second round? Because I think what, what quelled my personal tide on that, where I came on this podcast preseason, my big bold prediction was that by before the beginning of next year, Joel Embiid would be a New York Nick. And that was before Tyrese Maxey looked like an all NBA guard. And I wonder if that single-handedly is enough to keep him in Philly for the indefinite future. But also like he is kind of the guy to acquire for the Knicks. And it's what, like where I've come down, like DeJounte Murray, like not in the sense that like the Knicks would have to give up all their assets for him. And of course you could like spin him forward. Like I, I guess I don't know all the cap machinations and maybe you've worked in, you've worked on it more than I have, Chris. And like, it, it would be comes, like, yeah. If you swapped Randall for him, then you're doing yeah. it because you think Cat's salary is going to be a better swap for Booker down the line. Like, I don't think Cat's any sort of. Oh, oh I was saying DeJounte Murray, but yeah, but Cat. Oh, DeJounte, I've been told, wouldn't want to come off the bench. So I don't yeah. think the Knicks would trade for him to make him do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think they'd start him if they traded for him. But also, like, that brings up, like, is that worth it? I just think like, I just think that rumor, like I think that from yeah. from what I've heard, like that any any time spent towards that rumor is not worth it. Yeah, it doesn't really sense. make sense to me because I don't think like even if he was starting here, like I don't think he'd be super happy, like being like, hey, you're going from like the second guy in Atlanta where you're not happy to the third guy in New York. where You're probably winning a little bit more. But I don't think I think he wants to be the number one guy somewhere, like even if that's on a crappy team and and more power to him but I, I guess where, I, where i'm getting with all this is like it's like the it always makes sense to me that like the end game like should be someone who could be the number one guy on a championship team and i think like to your point like the knicks have clearly shown they have the patience to wait for that guy to become available now whether they actually have like the firepower in terms of assets to pull it off i think they're they're heavily reliant there on a guy insisting that he wants to go to New York and and does not is not interested in living in Oklahoma City, maybe not even interested in living in a Houston 
or Utah, which could happen because we heard for the last 20 plus years, Chris, like, hey, when like if, if you build it, they will come. The Knicks have built it. Uh, let's see what happens now. Absolutely. That's and that's what I was trying to say, like with the infrastructure. That's why I alluded to Brooklyn. Like, I don't think those Brooklyn Nets were a model franchise. They just had organization. Yeah. Um, and they had a, a, an infrastructure that you could look at and go, okay. Uh, okay, we can take over those shot attempts per game. Like, we'll and take can those we throw over. out the the vibes on the Knicks are just as good, and the talent coming in is not even compare at least in terms of frontline talent. Like the Nets had Jared Allen, they had Spencer Dinwiddie, they had Karis LeVert, they had Joe fun Harris. team, that was, fun team, good team, Frisky. really enjoyable that, to watch. Not good, not good, not good. They were Frisky. they were they were fine. They were they were a they playoff were, team. They were okay, and that was amazing. <laughs> given that those were all scrap heap guys, the Knicks have an All NBA type guard in Jalen Brunson. They have someone who's been an All-NBA power forward in Julius Randle. And as we said, like the skeleton key to all these stars who do not want to spend their seasons guarding the best guy on another team, they have OG Ananobi. They have great defensive centers. And somehow, even after that trade, they still have pretty good depth. Like this is like if you are a superstar ready to get out. And of course, like as the league continues to get better, like, like you could say the same things about Oklahoma city times 10. So I'm not saying that in terms of pure, like player value, the Knicks are so far ahead of everyone else, but player value plus market, like it's pretty hard to top what the Knicks have right now. They speaking of, you know, we talked about earlier, my girlfriend is who kind of inspired the the quickly piece. She, she asked me recently if like New York, I feel like everyone would want to play in New York. Why have the Knicks been bad for so long? And I was like, that's, it's a great question. That's the question. Um, like that's that's a that's a great question. Here's the yeah. thing, though. If you build it, they'll come. And and they've actually built something. Like the team that they built without mortgaging any of their future made it to the second round of the NBA playoffs and lost to the team that inevitably made it to the finals. Okay, that's good. Build on that. Make it to the second round again. Get cut out in the first round by by a bad matchup for you. Who cares? You still haven't mortgaged your future. Just keep building. Um, teams have ups and downs. Go through them. Learn together. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder don't have a shot at winning a thing this year, despite being one of the best eight teams clear cut in the NBA. Why? Those guys have a lot to learn. Those young fellas have a lot to learn. Uh, they've got to lose. They've got to fail on the biggest stages. Like I was saying earlier, they got to get embarrassed on national TV to go get to the grindstone and come back even better. Um, and, and by the way, you were talking about vibes. Uh Jalen Brunson was asked if today by media, if, if there was any extra motivation, you know, playing his former team in Dallas. And he said, no, no, it's just, you know, the most Jalen Brunson answer ever. It's just another game, whatever. And Isaiah Hartenstein comes over and he goes, you guys notice he got a new haircut, right? Like he, he definitely cares about this game <laughs> and Jalen's <laughs> rocking a new hairstyle. So that's the, yeah, the vibes are at an all time high with the Knicks as Jalen yeah. Brunson would say himself. I think they are immaculate. And yeah. the reason for that, is ultimately because however much you want to get at Tom Thibodeau for his stubbornness, it's that same stubbornness that's gotten him to where he is. And the way he always gets players on his side is with a very simple mantra. If you go out and play well, you will get paid. If we go out and we win, we all cash out. Alec Burks, $30 million. Kemba Walker, 30 million. You know what? I like $18 million. Um, Manual and just, quickly, not with the Knicks, but with the Raptors. 26, cash 27, out. 28, 29 I was going to say dollars? 27 yeah. and a half annually yeah. would come out to 4-110. I think that's probably around the mm-hmm. lowest he'll get from them with his amazing play this season. Um, Thibodeau is really good at getting guys to buy in under the shared goal of all getting paid. 
and Nerland's Noel is who I meant to say instead of Kemba Walker. Burks, Noel, those guys got paid. And at the end of the day, Deuce McBride just got paid. That's a kid who went to West Virginia, who who has having big moments against Ohio State in college and uh, was a second round NBA draft pick. He just got handed thirteen million dollars. Like this is what this is what they're doing is is they're winning, and so they're getting paid. It's not any one player. And I think um, Randall probably has taken the biggest leap in terms of his personal growth in that regard. But you look at him now, and it's like there was this play against I want to say Portland where Randall took a full court fast break and Dante and I think OG went out to the corners and like had their hands ready to catch. And Randall made the pass instead of trying to finish over two defenders because they trusted him to make the pass. And Randall trusted the pass as Thibodeau has been asking him to do all season. Um, And now Randall's got teammates that are just nails from the corner and who are not going to let him down. So he trusts them and you see that change in his play. Um, they, no, they've he's all throwing, kind of done it. He's like, this is, I said it, I'm sorry to interrupt Chris, but he, he like, I, I was done. Go ahead. Yeah, no, um, he is like bringing the ball up the court and he's getting assists, just throwing it a million miles an hour into the corner. And that was a pass, like his first few years in the Knicks that was never made. Like the assists would come from grinding and like, and tr- three, four pivots against a double triple team go up as if you're going to shoot at the last second, whip it out. And those are still there, but like he like an assist was was a, had to be a moment for him. It had to be like, uh, I deserve credit for this. Look how much effort I put. Sure, the guy made the shot, but it was because of my incredible pass. And everyone can see that abundant. And that's not even like, it sounds like a critique. It's almost not a critique because that was like a reality for the Knicks. Like when, like when your best running mate is Reggie Bullock, like Alfred Payton, like those are like, you have to be Superman a little bit. And now like, like I, I just think like your point is being seen so clearly in that like he's fine just whipping it up the court like after two dribbles and like that's an assist the same way and it doesn't look the same it doesn't make a highlight tape but it, it makes the Knicks a better team 100 and and that's something that um you know I, th- I think there was just a viral tweet the other day and it was like something about Steve Kerr. It was just a screenshot of like Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett, Julius Randall, Todd Gibson. It was like, if you gave Steve Kerr this lineup and tell him to get a four seed, he'd like explode. Um, And I just think that's a testament. Like give Tibbs guys who do their job and he'll figure it out. The thing is that he has like a set amount of jobs in his mind and quickly just, that's why I wrote the piece bending, not breaking, like quickly bent his idea of what a player could be. He bent his idea of what constituted a good shot, a quality look, but he could never bend his idea of, of how to build a basketball lineup and he never broke it. Um, and that's why he's in Toronto right now. So it, it's all very interesting, but I think ultimately um, I think Thibodeau and Randall represent a lot for this next team uh, more so than just in terms of, their growth over the years, but really they're like reimagination of themselves. Tip Thibodeau, like I don't know, staggering Randall and Brunson seemed like illegal to him when he first got his hands on those two guys. Now he's doing it like every game. Yeah. Things change. Yeah. Well, what a note to end on. Things change. Uh Chris Persian, thank you so much for all your time. Before I let you go, um, can you tell everyone where uh they could find all your great work? Absolutely. Uh, you can look up my name 
uh, on Google or on Twitter or on Instagram or on YouTube or wherever. And things that I do will come up. I, I hope you like them. I have a podcast uh, with Ball is Life. It's called All Things NBA from A to Z. And it's where Zach Noble, Albert Nguyen, and I basically just sit down. And every week we we come through the, the hot topics. And, and we also have our own fun little segments. So we'll do things like stock exchange, New Year's resolutions we just did. Um, we just we just want to talk about the NBA and just have a fun time. And, and it was a venture we all really wanted to start. It would be awesome if y'all went and subscribed on YouTube, supported. Other than that, just uh, you can find my coverage on the WFUV Sports YouTube page or on my own personal Twitter at Chris Percy Einem. I'm sure it'll be linked because trying to spell that will give you a conniption. But uh, thank you in advance if you go search it out. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, like exceptional writer. Like I, I love this piece. Like really, really good podcast. I enjoyed everything you do on Nick's Film School. And and he's he's breaking he's breaking news now. So must follow on Twitter again. Last name Chris. Just interrupt me if I get it wrong midway through. But I have it in front of me, so I shouldn't. P U R S I A I N E N Chris uh, K R I S in yes. front of that. I'm on Twitter. Um, go check it out. Um, but until then, he's Chris. I'm Gavin. We will talk to you very very soon on Locked On Nick's. Awesome. Awesome.